Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Phantasmal Necromantic Paranormal Podcast. I'm Tammy, along with my co-host, Brandy. Hey, everybody. And this week, we are going to be talking mostly about Bigfoot. But as we talked about in the last episode, I'm going to do a little bit of in the news. And this isn't like this was in the news over the summer, actually. And I'm picking this up off of uh, Den of Geeks, denofgeek.com. And they were talking, there's an uh, article in here back from June, and it's called Evil Alien Civilizations in the Milky Way. This is a new paper published by Conflict Resolution PhD student Alberto Caballero at the University of Vigo in Spain speculates there are about four hostile extraterrestrial civilizations in our galaxy. Oh, no. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that's, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Caballero acknowledges there are limitations to his thought experiment, which involves analyzing how many invasions humans have conducted in the last century and is based on how many potentially habitable exoplanets there are out there and the probability that a messaging to extraterrestrial intelligence signal from Earth might reach one of the baddies. Mm. <laughs> The research, the researcher estimates only about one malicious ET civilization will have the likelihood of ex- interstellar travel. Caballero's paper is not meant to be alarmist. Rather, the author, who also wrote the peer-reviewed and appro- approximation to determine the source of the wow signal about the 1977 radio signal received from space encourages scientists to take MEIT seriously because the chance our signal will reach evil aliens is very low. And that does not at all sound like famous last words uttered by a cocky scientist in a science horror flick. (laughs) (laughs) It's like now I'm even more worried. (laughs) I know. Right. Right. So I've been watching a lot of alien-esque type shows, you know, like where where they're dealing into all these recent uh, UFO sightings. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how one of the thoughts is that instead of it being aliens from another planet, Mm -hmm. that it's actually future humans coming back in time right visiting right. civilization yeah like, i've seen some yeah. like that 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 were had yeah. that idea to them and and I, I don't think I've, I've heard them talk about that before but that seems to be the main topic of discussion nowadays is like it's just future us is coming back to visit the past but i've i don't know if i kind of feel like that because i'm like if they were coming back and it's just humans from the future why wouldn't they just say so instead of yeah i don't know because i mean like i said i've seen a lot of shows talking about that too and i guess it's possible but because it does seem obviously like they are coming and kind of experimenting on us medically and too when you look at the all the animal mutilations like at skinwalker ranch and all that other stuff and i saw the show um the other day it was actually in spanish so i didn't know what they were saying but i was very captivated by it because i was in a mexican restaurant but (laughs) it they were doing something that had to do with aliens and they had 
pictures that they were showing of cattle mutilations. And this had happened in Colorado, like in the 60s or something. So that's not. Skinwalker Ranch is in Utah or, or Nevada or something it, like that, you, right? Yeah, yeah. So it it wasn't Skinwalker Ranch, but it it was the same concept. Like you know how the the cows would have part of their stomach missing, a jaw, the skin off the jaw. It was all very precise cutting or laser that removes these parts of the animals. Like I think they're just kind of experimenting and seeing how these creatures on our planet work and how we work and are they making a, a hybrid of us and them? So I guess it could be possible that we are, they're hybrid humans and something else and they're coming back here. But yeah, well, I was reading, well, not reading when I was watching one of the shows and I wish I could remember which show it was now. And they were talking about how they were going back to the Roswell uh, crash and how people actually saw bodies, you mm-hmm. know, like what they perceived to be bodies of something or people. Yeah. And they were talking about how now some people from the military, whatever, from back then, or, you know, maybe not from back then, because I wouldn't think they'd still be alive. But, <laughs> um, but they were talking about how people hadn't come forward and said that they had seen some of these extraterrestrial beings oh, right. and yeah. that they had been autopsied yeah. and that supposedly there are these autopsy photos out there somewhere mm-hmm. that somebody has Wouldn't where you like to see those. Yeah. I know there was something I was watching recently too, that had someone that had come forward and said they, and I can't remember which if it, was Roswell or something else. I want to say it might have been Roswell, but they were talking about how they were working then in the military and and they had these bodies that were collected and I can't remember how many they said they had. It w- it was quite a few and one of them was still alive. I guess the other ones did not make it from the crash or whatever, but the one was still alive. And, and he said that it lived for, what was it like four or five more years? Oh gosh. And I'm just, and it, it just died all of a sudden one day or whatever, but he didn't explain what had happened. But I, you know, there are so many people that have that military pass that say they have seen the the remains. Yeah, and I, I wish, I wish I could get my hands on some kind of video <laughs> or photos of this thing to see, like, to think that the government kept one alive for that long. Oh yeah. Well, and I don't understand how if. They came here, of course, not knowing how far they traveled or whatever, but you would think that if they're lost mm-hmm. and other beings know that they're here on our planet, like I just don't understand why they don't come Wouldn't looking. Wouldn't come get them. Yeah. yeah. And that makes sense, too, because I was talking to my son about some show that I had watched and about the fact how, and this might have, this might have been that one podcast and the show that guy was telling you about and now I can't remember his name but we're going to do an episode on him anyway but he was talking about the beings and how 
some of them, like the grays that everybody says that they see, like you ever think about the fact that they're small, they don't have any apparent sex organs or anything like that. So unless they reproduce in a way that's outside of our understanding and not like us, they may just be some sort of, not really a robot, but just kind of like a disposable being that right. doesn't really serve a, a like a physical um, or reproductive purpose. They're just there to maybe like gather information or scout or yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. And they're not really important if they yeah. crash and they lose them. They're not going to come after them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What? That's what I just. Been watching way too much alien <laughs> stuff too. lately. It's like okay, and and it does make you a little mad to think that the government. Of course, I know it's that whole thing that they think will be in hysterics or something. But right. I thought I, a lot of people go in hysterics because they see a lot of things in the sky that they don't understand. Or yeah, we don't um, know what it is. At least yeah. it, explain it, and then it might be a little bit better of understanding where we wouldn't be so worried, but. I don't know. Yeah. You got to think too. They all that they might know, we might not want to know what true. they do. <laughs> true. We, they may have found out some things that yeah were best left to the <laughs> yes. experts. I don't know. But so, even though we were talking about a alien, the alien story, we're actually going to switch gears, and today we are going to talk a little bit about Bigfoot and some Bigfoot sightings. And one of the things that I was just showing Brandy before we started recording was I was on Reddit and I went to this Reddit and it's uh, all things Bigfoot on Reddit. And the very first one, the very first articles on this uh, feed talks about this thing called Map Squatch. And if you go to mapsquatch.com, don't put www. Uh, actually, you just put HTTPS semicolon forward slash, uh, I mean, forward, yeah, forward slash, forward slash map squatch. Uh, on my iPad, I just typed in map squatch and it came right up, but it is a map of, uh, actually it's a map of several different things. You can just look to see where there have been Bigfoot sightings. You can look to see where there've been alien spotting, uh, spotting, uh, sightings, Shoot, I can't talk <laughs> sightings. Uh, there's haunted places on this map too, all different kinds of things on this map. So we were mostly interested in the, uh, obviously the Bigfoot sightings on here. Yeah. So we, and the other interesting thing, which we're going to read a few of these stories, there's actually stories connected with these different sightings on some of them, not necessarily all of them. Mm -hmm. But one of the things is, so since we live in North Carolina, we don't live very far from Uwari National Forest. Now, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Right. And if you ever watched, um, what was that? Finding Bigfoot. Finding Bigfoot mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Matt Moneymaker yeah. and the BFR crew. Mm -hmm. They went to Troy, North Carolina, which is where the Uwari Forest is. It's one of the towns in the Uwari Forest. And recently, as recently as this summer, there have been several new Bigfoot sightings in Iwari uh, Forest. 
and mostly in the northern part of the forest, which is where they were spotted on that particular TV show. But there have been some new sightings in there. Now, those new sightings are not listed on this map as of yet, but um, there's still, there's about the newest ones I have seen were, there was one in here from 2021, I think. But, uh, but yeah, so the newest ones aren't listed on there, but still a very interesting map to look at yeah this is pretty cool i'm yeah. I'm excited too because i had never heard of it before and yeah. there's just all kinds of stuff on here uh, the one thing that that uh i i was looking at too is according to this map uh there have been two bigfoot spottings on fort bragg <laughs> <laughs> i had heard that there was a sighting at fort bragg but I wonder where are you on it now? Like, yeah. what does it give you a date? Uh, so one was listed as 1989, August of 1989. Okay. So this one, uh, so there was one in here from 1995, October 14th, 1995. This was actually over in Hope County, which uh, Fort Bragg goes down into Hope County. Also, it says I was hunting the training areas in Fort Bragg. In 1995, and had planned to hunt a new area. I saw a valley on the map and plotted where I thought would be a good spot to set up in a tree stand. I went, oh, I went in the woods about uh, zero four forty-five and got to the spot on the map and set up my equipment and climbed up about twenty-four feet into a tree. All was quiet, and the sunrise began, and the rays of the sun traveled across the forest floor. I followed it with my eyes, and as the sun reached in front of my tree stand, a small three-foot black furry creature reared up from sleeping position and ran away from the sun. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I don't know what it was. I have been hunting since I was 15 and have been and have seen plenty of wildlife in my time. I had a 30-06 semi-auto rifle and was frozen stiff. Needless to say, I got the heck out of there and never went back. After all these years, I now believe it was a child Bigfoot. Oh, wow. I know. Now, I know there are bears on Fort Bragg um, just yeah. because, you know, but if it did literally stand up and like walk away that's that would be my question that's, that's the way this person makes it sound so yeah i feel like be... if you're in the military you should know the difference between <laughs> yeah. a bear and bigfoot well, especially it says they've been hunting since they were 15 so surely did you see that one that i i tried to click on it too to see if it would give me the details but it, it does not give you the whole story but it, it says that um the soldier was on maneuvers and found large human-like footprints. Oh, no. So that, I guess, <clears throat> he was doing maneuvers around the the crash or whatever. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, see that one. There's also eight UFO sightings on Fort Bragg. Not surprised. <laughs> no, yeah, but okay. <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. Here's a, a sighting from 2020 in URA. Uh, it says approximately one to one and a half miles north of Mount Gilead, North Carolina, heading toward our Uari National Forest. We were headed to Uari National Forest for a day trip on uh, June 18th, 2020. And was and we were on Highway 109 North, approximately one to one and a half miles north of Mount Gilead. 
uh, we were parallel to railroad tracks on the right, woods on the left. I was focused on the road. It appeared approximately 200 feet in front of the car. I didn't see it come out of the woods, but saw it right before it crossed the road in two bounds. So like bounded across the road. Wow. It was large, maybe eight foot tall, covered in black hair or fur. There was a difference in color and the face and its hands. They were lighter in color. Once it crossed the road, it headed toward the railroad tracks and was gone by the time I got there. This all happened within a span of five to six seconds. Here's a pretty long one from near uh, Baden Lake, which is in Urari. It said the season was fall. Uh, the classification of the sighting was a class B, and this happened October 25th. 2015. Uh, to begin, I am 34 years old. I have a degree in biology and I have spent my entire life in the woods, mostly by myself, and have grown accustomed to the noises animals and the forest itself makes. I go backpacking and backcountry camping year round. I am not an expert, but I have experience in the woods. My wife, two dogs, and I were camping in Uari National on October 23rd through the 25th. Friday night, we heard a lot of noises ranging from coyotes far away to leaves rustling just outside our sight. I just purchased a hammock and wanted to try it out in the woods. So Saturday, I set up my hammock 20 to 30 feet into the woods just outside our site. Our site is on the side and near the entrance of the campground and the most secluded with the woods to its back. This is why we choose it. So I go to bed in the hammock Saturday night facing the campground and the woods behind me and all is well until 2.30 a.m. I wake up to branches breaking behind my head. The branches sounded like they could have been as close as 30 feet to as far away as 50 feet to my right. Imagine if my head is 12 o'clock and my feet are 6 o'clock. These branches were being broken at 11 to 12 o'clock or over my right shoulder. At first, I thought it was a deer or a bear passing by, but I know what they sound like as they walk. A couple months ago, I was face to face with the mother bear and her cubs, but I never actually heard distinct footsteps. And as the breaking didn't move in location, I became a little freaked out. I'm lying on the hammock trying to explain what is going on and nothing is making sense. I never made a noise to scare it away and didn't shine my headlamp. Then I hear a noise that is hard to explain come from about one o'clock or over my left shoulder. I can only describe this as similar to the noise a deer makes when it's alerting the other deer to danger. But if a deer were to make this noise, it would have to be 20 feet tall. It was deeper than any noise I've ever heard come from the forest, deeper than a lion's roar and as long as a human's sigh. The branch breaking continued for about 15 minutes until I start hearing the alternating branch break and what sounded like a large bird flapping its wings one time. I heard snap whoosh, snap whoosh, snap whoosh. 
About this time, I hear my wife coughing, and before we went to bed, she said that her stomach was feeling a little upset. I thought maybe she is sick. I muster up the courage to get out of the hammock, hoping that in doing so, I will also scare away the animal. I go up to her, and she's fine. Now I have a dilemma. I don't want to go back but I can't stay in the tent because my sleeping bag is in the woods. (laughs) So I go back and I pick up a branch, snap it, and throw it to the woods three times. Then I urinate all around my hammock. While I was doing this, the branch breaking had ceased. I get in the hammock, and seconds after turning off my headlamp, the breaking begins again. I listen while getting more and more scared to the breaking for a couple more minutes. I shine my light into the woods and the breaking stops. I turn off the light and it starts back. I waited a couple more minutes and turn my light on again and the breaking stops. I turn the light off and it starts back. I'm lying in the hammock completely terrified at this point and decide the only thing I should do is retreat to the tent with my wife and dogs. It was like torture to be in the hammock, so I quickly grab my sleeping bag, walk to the tent, get in, and lay down. We both heard the branches being broken for about 15 more minutes. Then we heard one large break that sounded like a four-inch log being broken in half that echoed through the woods it was almost as if they were saying and stay out i was so terrified and my adrenaline was pumping so much that i couldn't sleep for about an hour the next day my wife and i look around the area for any sign of footprint or the branches themselves i didn't find any sign of activity activity we did find a grassy area with three large rock piles two of the piles were old and had trees growing out of the pile One was newer with nothing but small vegetation growing on top. One thing to keep in mind is that the area is frequented by campers, so there are few branches, especially large ones, on the ground for anything to step on. And there are paths all through the area. And as we all know, animals will always take the easiest route when traveling. Something else we thought of is Saturday, we both went to the bathroom deep in the woods. We thought, what if we encroached in their land? Before, I was skeptical, but now I know there is something out there, and this experience has truly changed my life. Oh, gosh. Wow. So, he's just laying out in the woods in a hammock and that is going on around them i know like why would you not put the hammock in your actual site and not like go out in the woods but like i would want to be like close to the tent yeah but well because number one because of bears like why would you want to be around where bears closer to the woods if you think it could be a bear even a deer can well i'm shocked he said that there was dogs in the in the tent with his wife yeah and and they were not reacting yeah so that makes you wonder like were they like mm -mm, i don't want none of that (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna (laughs) i I wonder what campground they were in because i know uari has some like primitive campgrounds Mm -hmm. where you can just there there's 
this, the winding dirt road that goes forever through the forest where you can get to the various campgrounds. So there's some primitive camping where you can just pull off on the side of this dirt road and go off into the woods. Um, then there's two main campgrounds. So that I feel like if they were in either one of those and there is a I think there is a Baden Lake campground. So if there's other people around, even if you are slightly into the woods, I don't see why Bigfoot would come up to that in a well-trafficked area. But even like he said, if it, if it was in some of the primitive camping and, and there were out in the woods further and it was kind of isolated in those areas, he is true. Like, I mean, he is right there there's not a lot of sticks and stuff around because everybody's gathering it to make their campfires. And so I don't know, that's, that would be pretty scary. (laughs) Well, and the fact that he keeps turning the light on and off and it's like stopping and starting. Yeah. Like now I would just pack it up, pack it up. We're leaving. Right. Which I was telling my oldest daughter, because uh, she was driving through Uwari last night, uh-huh. and she drove up through that northern part to go home. Right. And I said, oh, I said, watch for Bigfoot. You know, I've been seeing some <laughs> sightings up there this summer. And she said, don't tell me that. And then she said, you know, we just went camping up there back in February. And I said, uh-huh. oh, I didn't realize, because they go camping all the time. Mm-hmm. But she said that, yeah, they had gone up there like in February, I think it was, February, March. And she said that they just like tent camp too. And so she said that they ended up being the only ones in their area. Like there was nobody Uh, else around them. And she said she started freaking herself out because they were out there so alone and everything. Yeah. That she said that as soon as she got in the tent that night, she was just thinking like every little noise to her was like something bad. Right. And she said, sure enough, like the minute she got settled down, she goes, (laughs) then I had to pee. Oh, and God. she said, all I could think about was, I do not want to leave this tent <laughs> by myself. And so she finally told her boyfriend, she was like, hey, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I was laughing at her. I was like, well, did he go with you? And she's like, well, he offered, but I didn't want him to. And so she said that she said the whole time she was like, you know, using the bathroom that all she could do is just th- like think, like look around and like freaking herself out more. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I would not be able to tent camp out there anywhere. So I was going to say, like, we we should do that, but only <laughs> like if your husband goes with us, because then I feel like we'd be safe from bears or Sasquatch. But we, like, we should definitely go where we're out in the middle of nowhere or see if we hear anything i would just have to be awake all night like i would just have to like drink like nap all day stay awake all night but then i'm gonna freak myself out like every little twig snapping from a squirrel in the forest is gonna be like there it is that's correct we yeah we could that would probably be best if we could just stay up the whole night and see what we hear or see we should definitely do that just let's not do it when it's cold please oh yeah no like we'll have to do it early spring like before it gets too hot you know like when it's yeah you know yeah (laughs) when all the bears are waking up All the, all the Sasquatch would be yeah. hibernating still and the bears would be coming out. <laughs> I swear I saw it. Grainy footage. Like. <laughs> oh, speaking of, did you see where they, I just saw this uh, show. I don't know how old it is. I assume it's kind of new. Did, did you see where they have stabilized the old Gimlin 
what is that? The Patterson Gimlin oh, film. Oh, yeah, really? They stabilized it and they enhanced it so you uh, can get a better picture of Did Big this, Foot. like, come out recently that you saw I, this? I think I, I was watching, uh, so yeah, I was watching regular TV the other day mm-hmm. and it was probably on, I guess, Travel Channel, maybe Discover Channel or something. Okay. And it had the, what, what is that guy's name? He's very famous for talking Jeff about Jeff Meldrum. Yes, so Jeff Meldrum was on there, uh-huh. and uh, and then it was this. I guess he is a video person, mm-hmm. and he had stabilized the film. He was he was talking about how this technology is pretty new technology, where they can take older films uh-huh. and stabilize them so that the, it's not a jittery picture, right? And they can stabilize it, and he can enhance it, like make the color better and everything. Mm-hmm. And they did that for the Patterson Gimlin film, yeah. And they showed it to Jeff Meldrum, and uh, it was, I mean, it's it's like crystal clear, like this image thing yeah. now, and it just added to the their thought that this is truly like they right. did get a picture yeah and it even because like jeff meldrum was even talking about like how you could see like the foot like how the foot moves and mm-hmm. and that was the interesting thing too is because in that video now you can see that the creature's foot like the toes curl up and down as it walks uh-huh and they were talking about how I know a lot of people can say, "Oh, it's a person in a costume." It's already been, you know, somebody's already came forward and said that 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 they did that. Yeah. But the thing that they point out that a person in a costume would not be able to flex their foot right. like that to make that motion. Yeah. And it's very clear. Like that's even clear before they enhance the footage. Right. And they so. and they um also you can see the muscles. The movement of yeah. the muscles as the creature is walking in the thighs, the butt muscles, mm-hmm. and into like we talked about before. I mean, this it has breasts. Yeah, you know the creature has breasts. Like who who is? I don't know why you would think to make it a female if you're going to be um, doing this hoax. Yeah. But I I I got to look for this show because they must have made a show out of it. Because remember when we did our Bigfoot episode and we talked about Jeff Meldrum and we talked about the Patterson Givlin film. I had found this website where they analyzed the footage and I, I don't know some guy, I guess he like took the different frames and enhanced them and uh, like was showing it that way. And then was talking about how there were so many, uh, copies out there mm-hmm. of the film that had been doctored and he was showing the ones that had been doctored it's like the ones where the hand is like more like the the hand is like more curved yeah. up or curled up like that one is is fake and it's uh-uh. not the original but i wonder if it was that same guy that that did the show you're talking about. I'm going to have to look it for could it. Be. He, he's a younger guy. And like I said, I know he must be like in videography or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just talking about how even 10 years ago, they couldn't have cleaned up that, the film as much as he has it cleaned up now. Yeah. And I say cleaned up, it, it was just a stabilization process that he put it through. He said, mm-hmm. but it was very, it was very neat. Like whether you believe the film or not, yeah. like it still was very neat to watch the progression of technology be able to 
fix a film that's that old yeah. and take the graininess and that jitter out of it so that it you could see the pictures better. Yeah. And uh, from but, all the stuff that I've seen on that, like n- nothing else. I'm 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 always skeptical skeptical about everything but that one i could definitely be wrong but i'm gonna say that is that's bigfoot right there (laughs) i mean that's bigfoot right there yeah well and it even talked about uh in that show that i was watching it was talking about how two men and i think they were actually from north carolina had come forward and said that they were costume people back in that time Mm -hmm. and that they had worked with patterson Mm-hmm. on faking this this uh bigfoot right uh-huh. and they even showed the picture of them with like this costume and one one of the things that they pointed out was that costume that these guys had didn't really match like the other costume that is on the video uh-huh. and it said that i, I want to say like they almost have completely debunked those two and that they were out for fame. Like they, because they were costume designers, they were trying to make it sound like, Oh, we rigged this all up because we're such great costume people. And, uh, but like Jeff Meldrum and them, they just basically were like, yeah, they were, they were prank. They were not pranksters, but they were, they made their own hoax and saying that they had like made this costume at that time. Yeah. They said that that was just wasn't, they could not have made a costume that good. I, I know. If you look at it, even though, you know, it it was shaky and not crystal clear, though we can see footage now that has been um, enhanced and, and, you know, isn't shaky and everything. It's still not like you're watching a crystal clear movie, but you can see that that if that is a costume, that is one hell of a costume because at that time, like we talked about before in the episode about that film, like at the time you think a planet of the apes and stuff costumes are not, they're not like this creature that you see in, in that footage. And and even if you think about, okay, the Patterson Giblin, when, was that in the 60s, 50s, or 60s? Yeah. Okay, so you think about one of my favorite movies, Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> that is an awesome Bigfoot yeah. costume. Yeah. But even so, when you look at that versus this this video of Patterson-Giblin video, it's not. It's still not the same. Like what you can see in this creature walking, and, and then what you see for for Harry, it's it's not the same. Well, one of the things that I did notice, and I think they pointed it out, or maybe I was reading about the. Uh, no, no, was, I think it was part of that show. They were talking about how. If you watch that video, it's very, very shaky. Like you just see like all this movement before it goes to the Bigfoot, you know, walking mm-hmm. across. And it was talking about how all of that is uh, whichever one of them had the camera, whoever had the camera. Yeah. That all of that first thing that you see is them jumping like they're on the horse riding with the camera Uh and then that's them jumping down off of the horse yeah and i because i was always under the assumption with this video that they were literally like set up out in the woods it's Mm -hmm. on a tripod 
Uh, and they just happened to catch it. And, right. and that was where my skepticism came. It was like, oh, yeah. last day, you just happened to catch, you know, <laughs> right. the thing that you've been looking for. Yeah. But when I saw that, it, to me, that led a little bit more credence to it because I was like, okay, they were literally trying to hurry up and get down to video the thing mm-hmm. versus my thought was they were already down, set up. Mm-hmm. Wait, waiting, yeah. quote unquote, yeah. for something to walk by. Uh, so, because they talked about that in that video too. Uh, so. Yeah, I think I think I had it, it was either the the one that is surviving. I can't remember if it's Patterson or Giblin, but um, in him talking about it on some show I watched, he was talking about how they had to get down and and i think maybe i could be wrong but like they're trying to walk or step over logs and stuff Mm -hmm. because it's like a natural creek bed or something they're trying to get a little closer and so you've got this landscape and you're trying to or this rough terrain you're trying to get around and get a good shot of it now i did have the skepticism like you said even though they rode in there on horses and had to jump down to get a, a steady view of it you know you went in there for a few days or a couple of weeks or whatever and now you just happen to there it is <laughs> yeah true, <laughs> mm. true like. but the the footage that the creature i mean that's looks so <laughs> real i mean that's got it's got to be well and a lot of people would say that all the Bigfoot rage started with this Patterson Gimlin film. Mm-hmm. However, there have been all different kinds of stories of, you know, ape man like creatures much, much farther back than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a lot of stories, and hopefully in the future we'll, we'll do, we'll talk some more about Bigfoot yeah. and we'll do some more of the, like the Native uh, American type stories right. of Bigfoot or um, I can't remember, they don't, they don't call it Bigfoot. They have a name for it, and I can't think of what it is. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. So it's not like Patterson Gimlin invented Bigfoot. Right. Like, <laughs> that may be where Bigfoot name originally came from. But there were yeah. sightings of creatures uh, of magnitude yeah. much farther back than Patterson and Gimlin coming up with this. Yeah. Uh, like, that might be their claim to fame kind of thing, but... Uh, and like all over the country, you have all these different people. I am much more inclined to believe a hunter when they go out in the woods and Definitely. something terrifies them. Mm-hmm. And we like in the Big Feet Museum that we went to in Georgia. Yeah. We watched one of those shows where that guy was just terrified to even go back in the woods. And he had been hunting his whole life. And he wasn't a young guy. I he was know. an older man. Yeah. It's like if something like that terrifies somebody like that. Yeah. That's when I'm like, oh, like something. Oh, no. Someone that has that much experience in animal identification, being in the woods, tracking animals, you know, the sounds that they make, all of this, mm-hmm. um, I tend to believe them. And anyone like a law enforcement personnel or military um, that that has been out uh, in a national forest or whatever and and seeing one like these are more believable stories and they happen all over the United States. And just, and you have to think that there's a number of people who see things that are never going to talk about it because mm-hmm. they don't want somebody to think that they're crazy yeah. or, you know, kooky or something weird's going on with them. Right. And they just keep that to themselves. So mm-hmm. you have to think for every story 
that somebody comes forward and says, hey, I just saw some weird stuff. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. Then there's a bunch of people that saw that same weird thing and don't yeah. want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and they hadn't said just, anything. Yeah. Right. And you get so many people that will I will come forward years later and say that's why they didn't tell mm-hmm. sooner because they were afraid that people were going to laugh at them or ridicule them. But I can tell you right now, if I see something, I'm going to say it. I don't care what. What do anybody thinks if I see Bigfoot? <laughs> I'm going to put it in the newspaper. We are going to have that grainy footage on our TikTok and our Instagram. Yes. And we are going to be right there with all the other grainy footage. <laughs> so I was looking at the map and I see this other story. This is from 1994. This this that actually took place over like a 15 to 20 minute time span. Oh. So this isn't one of those. It hopped the road. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty quick story. Uh, it says this is from November 30th, 1994. Happened in Stanley County, North Carolina. It says that while driving down the road about 1030 p.m., I saw something standing on the left side of the road where the road curves to the right. I threw my headlights on bright and turned the wheel to the left and drove straight to it. I was sideways in the road. As I neared it, I stopped and I had a clear view of it. It was so tall that I had to lean closer to the steering wheel to look up into its face. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not be right there. (laughs) I could see him clearly a male, from just above his knees to the top of his head. I looked straight into his eyes. He seemed to be communicating with me through his eyes. He let me get a good look at him, and then he gave me a nod, and I knew it was my time to go. He was at least seven feet tall or more with silver and black hair, some of it at least four to five inches long, and dark outdoors type skin where the skin was exposed it says uh, his eyes resembled that of a dog's and were the color of an alaskan husky and wide flat nose and a wide thin mouth like a man's he never opened his mouth he just stood there and looked at me and blinked some and made gestures with his head and eyes when he nodded at me i knew it was time to leave so i turned the steering wheel very slowly and drove on down the road. I estimate the time I sat there to be between 15 and 20 minutes. I went home, which was about a quarter of a mile up the road. Then I trembled and was so excited I could hardly walk. I was never afraid, though, it says. Wow. So whatever it was, like they weren't afraid of it. But I was like, if I lived a quarter of a mile from that, <laughs> I would be so <laughs> I don't want that thing looking in my window. So, what does Alaskan huskies have like a golden colored eye? Well, I'm like, aren't they like a great, like, is it? Some huskies have blue eyes. Yeah, blue. And, but I didn't know. If these are might be gold, and and he specifically said he was clearly a male. So clearly, what a male. does that mean? Oh that my God, I don't somebody know. wasn't wearing pants. <laughs> oh Lord, I mean that's like very clearly. specific. It's <laughs> very very specific, man. <laughs> I think that gives that guy more credence just because he was like clearly a male. There was no doubting what this guy was. Oh God. <laughs> So this one is Yuwari uh, from the winter of 2010. It said this was December of 2010. And 
So I noticed on here, one thing we didn't talk about is they list it as classifications, which I don't really understand. I don't know what that particularly means. I didn't see any, um, but this is listed as a class B sighting. <laughs> so okay. it says, I backpack in URA with a group of up to six kids on a regular basis as a trip leader for a wilderness outing program. This past winter, which was 2010 on in this story, I experienced the same strange occurrence on two different occasions in the same spot at a primitive campsite our group had scratched out along the super tree loop in the woodrun area of the forest. During the wee hours of the morning in December and once again in January, I've heard footsteps crunching through the heavy layer of dried leaves on the forest floor. This quote unquote person was bushwhacking and not walking along the trail. I assume that means like they were walking in the like overgrowth. Or right. Something. And then it says, uh, quote unquote, it also came from the direction of deep woods just behind my tent and not anywhere near the main trail. Both times it crossed over the trail and continued on bushwhacking through the woods in an easterly direction. I have to admit, I was a little nervous about even moving around in my tent because I didn't want to attract attention. I laid there frozen both times until the thing was gone and didn't get a look at it. Both incidents happened on especially cold nights in Iwari, where it was in the mid to upper teens. Mm. Hunting season was long over as well. So like they're saying, like you couldn't have been a hunter, I guess. All right. Whatever it was did not use a flashlight and walk through the dense woods of this area smoothly without missing a step. The last thing I expected to see was a person out there in that weather at that time of night with no flashlight. On another occasion in January, my co-leader had the exact same experience. He never looked to see what it was either. <laughs> it's like, nope. They didn't want to know. It's like, I'm going to stay in my tent. That, I mean, but, it was, but I guess they would have known the difference if it was a bear because a bear is going to make different. You're going to hear four, like, you know, yeah. stomps. And maybe that makes Instead it a lot more two, racket. Yeah. But, You'll yeah. be able to tell because it should be like a deer walking. You can tell they're walking on yeah. four legs. You can probably hear them, their hooves and stuff, I would think. Mm -hmm. See, my whole thought is, you know, the first thing, just because I watch way too much true crime, too, uh -huh. I'm probably going to think that's a murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm Before I'm worried first. about, yeah, an animal. <laughs> that's the axe murderer in the woods, yeah. and he's, he's going to kill me. It's not even uh, um, that I think it's a it's a Bigfoot. I'm going to think it's just a serial killer yeah. hanging out in the woods. <laughs> so I found a, a good one here. And this one uh, was a gold panner. The reports rocks thrown in frequent sighting zone within URA National Forest. So this happened April 15th, 2014 in the springtime. And it's also a class B uh, sighting. It says 200 yards off of Thickety Creek Road. This happened around 2014 in the Thickety Creek community of Montgomery County, south of the county seat of Troy. 
a friend at church asked me if I could come down and check his creek for gold. He knew I liked to do some gold panning as a hobby. We never settled on a day or time. I just told him I would come by one day when I got a chance. I ended up getting off work early one day and decided to run down and wash some rocks. So I parked at this gate and grabbed my backpack um, of gear and walked about 200 yards from the road. To my left is the creek with about four foot banks and a steep mountain to my right. I walked down looking for a place to easily get down into the creek without lots of brush. This area is well known for huge timber rattlers, so I find a spot next to a huge flat rock that I end up using as a workstation. After a couple hours of panning, I stop to take a break. I always freeze a two-liter bottle of water and drink it as it melts. I'm standing there drinking the water, and I hear something fly through the trees above my head. My first thought was, I've never heard a bird fly through the trees and hit limbs and leaves like that. What is it? Why is it doing that? <laughs> so as I stand there puzzled and confused, I hear more commotion coming through the treetops. This time my eyes focus on the sound and I see a rock about the size of a junior size football flying over my head and on the bank on the other side of the creek. As I stand there stunned, racking my brain, trying to make sense of it, I unsnap my nine millimeter and shout in that direction. You stay there. You stay over there and I'll stay over here. And needless to say, I packed up and left feeling like I'm being watched the whole time. I threw my stuff in the back of my truck and hauled buggy out of there. I don't know of any animal in the woods that can throw a rock that big that far. I was so affected that I gave up gold panning and hunting for the most part. I never told the landowner or anybody else for that matter for a few years. I still don't tell many folks. I feel like I have to keep it inside or people will think I'm crazy. Wow. Yes, that's a, that's that was a about. good like, one. They don't want to talk about it because yeah. they don't want people, you know, thinking, thinking they're, they're crazy, crazy or yeah. whatever. Quick. I would have I, I would have left too. I mean, oh gosh. I feel like if that was a Bigfoot and it wanted to hit him with those big rocks, yeah. he could have. But oh, yeah. still, I mean... If his aim is a little off, that's a big darn rock to crack you upside the head. I don't think you'd be coming out of there. <laughs> well, I always think about when these people have these rocks thrown at them. Uh-huh. I I always feel like if it was somebody or something, they would hit you with it. Like mm-hmm. if they can throw it that close to you. Yeah. Then I feel like that's just the scare tactic or mm-hmm. Or whatever, make you get a, go away. Right. And I was reading, I don't think it was on this map, but I was reading some other Bigfoot sightings and stuff. And of course, a few years ago, my friends and I, we went uh, to Red Red River Gorge uh-huh. in Kentucky. And we, we uh, canoed or rafted down um, the Red River Gorge. And I noticed there was a lot of sightings of Bigfoot around this Red River Gorge River. Uh. And... I was laughing because I was like, when we were there, when we were doing it, the water was very, very low. Mm -hmm. 
there was a lot of debris in the water. So we were we were kayaking is yeah. what we were doing. And the problem was, is the water was so low, we kept hitting these trees in the water. So um, I was less able to look around like the forest and stuff mm-hmm. because I was so nervous about tipping over and maybe getting hung up in the debris in the water. Yeah. But I realized that uh, we we had a horrible thunderstorm that came through while we were on the river. And there was really no place to pull over. But I realized that probably if I if we could have been a little bit slower in that area where the because we were just trying to paddle and get farther down the river in this thunderstorm. Mm -hmm. And I realized, yeah, I could totally see seeing Bigfoot (laughs) in that one area. Uh Uh, I mean, the river itself, like the water was so low, though, that, uh, you know, you really couldn't see up in the woods like it was just. I don't know. It was just really, really low. We we kept pulling over. The water was so low. There was a whole lot of islands that you uh, could pull over yeah. and, and like do a picnic on and stuff. Uh-huh. Maybe that river is is always kind of low, but I felt like it was. It, I think they told us that day the deepest part of it they thought was like nine feet deep, and I was uh, like, yeah, I thought, well, that's pretty shallow. Yeah, uh, but. But yeah, I, I, when I was reading those stories, I was like, man, I wish I had thought to look around a little bit more. But mm-hmm. I was very concerned with just getting down the river. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. And what state was this? It was this in, in Kentucky? Kentucky? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was well, that be the perfect place for them to come down and get water, especially yeah. if it's that shallow. Mm-hmm. Because if they're seven, eight, nine foot tall, they could walk all through there catching oh, yeah. fish and drinking and, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, like there was only, there was um, like wildlife patrol came down through there in like Mm -hmm. a speedboat at one point, which I'm I'm sure they knew the channel, like, you know, where the the channel was the deepest. Uh But there was so many trees, like fallen trees, Mm -hmm. that you would just be, and you just bump them, like, you you know, like you just paddle along and then you would just bump them. Yeah. And, um, which I don't don't have any fear of going in the water because I can swim, but I just didn't want to fall out of the freaking you know, yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah, no, because I'm probably, probably not going to be able to get back in it very uh, fluidly. Bite your butt or something, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> I'm going to have to drag it over to the side, climb up on yeah. a muddy embankment, get in. I'm going to be miserable for the rest of the day. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh! And then I was like, I can believe it because that area was also pretty uninhabited seemed like okay. i'm sure there was houses around there somewhere but mm-hmm. like for the most part it it seemed very not desolate because like i said i'm sure people lived up in the the woods and stuff there but yeah was this in the mountains um it was it was over in eastern kentucky uh, i can't remember exactly where i think we were i don't know two or three hours from my hometown okay. at that point because we ended up we did just spend like one night or something and then went back. But we got mm-hmm. home really late. Um, home, quote, unquote. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so this is, if you guys want to take a look at this, like you could literally spend your entire like week just reading all the different stories and stuff mm-hmm. that are associated with the sightings and stuff. So we thought, uh, since we had, we were trying to do uh, or, or find some things in the news and then I had just seen where, there have been several sightings over the summer in URA. I told Brian, I was like, let's do a Bigfoot thing again. <laughs> it's been a little while. 
since we've picked up on. Uh, a couple of weeks from now, you guys will get to hear us talk about our trip to Gettysburg. We'll be headed to Gettysburg yeah. in another week. So we will be doing some ghost tour, ghost hunting stuff. And uh, so we'll get to talk about that. And uh, but I think as far as that goes, I think we've we've covered a lot of Bigfoot stories in our immediate area. So I think what we will do is we will say until next week, we will see you guys later. Bye bye.